Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome into Mining Stock Daily. Trevor Hall here with your host and some general market commentary. Uh, Let's start with the big boards. After a few days of extreme volatility on the downside here, uh, we are seeing a little bit of green with the S&P, the NASDAQ, and the Dow Jones both hovering uh, anywhere from a tenth to seven-tenths of a percent in the green. Gold continues its downtrend, but still somewhat testing that 200-day moving average futures basis. Uh, We will see how strong support that that moving average will be as we continue to go forward. I generally seem like we've maybe found a little bit of a bottom here. I hope so. So I'm happy to welcome in, happy to welcome in Mr. Peter Vermeulen of Plethora Private Equity. He's an advisor over there in the Netherlands. Uh, Peter, happy uh, happy Tuesday. Good afternoon to you. Thank you, Trevor. Pleasure to be here again. Uh, it is a pleasure. You know, let's get a general sense. Let's talk kind of broader scope here in markets and what you're seeing in from your seat there in Europe. Uh, a lot of volatility here. Uh, with the private equity firms, with kind of solely space in the resource sector, uh, how how is uh, Plethora kind of managing through this and, and, you know, kind of seeing where we land? Right. Well, on the private equity front, um, the the advantage is that we don't see a share price every day. <laughs> <laughs> so we continue building our companies. We've got uh, 10 active companies right now. And we launched the fund in 2018 when climate was already dire. So we started it counter cyclical. So uh, we know how to uh, move, how to uh, levitate uh, through these periods of downturns in the market. So we just continue with our strategy, continue building these companies and take it from there because it is our belief that uh, once you have a discovery, you go for the discoveries, um, the market sentiment is of uh, less of an importance because you are basically a company uh, with a few million invested in it or Uh, In the case of a public company, uh, a company between zero and 20 million that can make a discovery worth billions in the ground. So the asymmetry will also pay off uh, during downturns. Mm -hmm. And so we are are zooming out. We are not watching the markets every day. And if I look at the sister fund, Plethora Precious Metals, that invests in listed junior exploration companies, uh, we are actually in our 10th year right now. And if you if you go back to that 10-year period, many things happened. So, for instance, in, in the 2016 to 2018 period, interest rates more than doubled. We had the global financial crisis between uh, 2007 and 2010. And there were only two relatively short periods in that 10-year period that were good for the sector. So it was the first half of 2016 and a period in 2020. But in general, the stocks went down. So if you look back over that 10-year period, I think the the Amex Gold Bucks Index was down 30% or so. The GDXJ, even correcting for dividends, was down about 30% or so. And uh, our performance... Uh, was over 400%. So we had a, hmm. a compounded annual growth rate in that 10-year period of approximately 19%. Uh, 
And why is that? It's because of the discoveries that we had our hands in in the 10 year period. So we, we ignore the uh, macro environment and just keep on focusing on the discoveries. If I, if I look back at the uh, top months that we had in that 10 year period in plethora of precious metals, uh, the majority of those, let's say plus 20% months that we had were all discovery driven. Uh, for instance, our best month was uh, October 2018, that was plus 69%. And that was because West Haven, West Haven Gold made a discovery of 46 meters at 9 grams of gold in the Spencer's Bridge Gold Belt in British Columbia. And if I look at other months, it's because of uh, the gold nuggets find by Novo uh, Resources uh, back in uh, 2017. Uh, or the discovery by GT Gold, uh, Settle South in Italy and later on Settle North, um, or SK Mining uh, with great results in their first nine holes in uh, late 2020. So that's what we're focused on. We're focused on the discoveries. Mm-hmm. With right, you know, so with in regards to discoveries, your general sense here, I mean, sentiment all around is certainly in the tank here. Peter, I mean, do you, th- if a company were to make a discovery, you know, here this week or next week, do you feel the market would reward them? Do you feel like they're paying attention or is this such a liquidity event that they're just kind of trying to maintain, a v- <laughs> take care of themselves? It has to be extremely good in the short run to really move. Uh, but in the medium and long run, uh, discoveries are always rewarded. And also financings for a legit discovery, uh, they're being done. Um, a good example is a company called Timberline Resources that um, published two very interesting drill results recently. Um, two holes uh, quite uh, some distance from each other. One was 44 meters at 4 grams. And the other was 23 meters at six grams or so. And they published this in a, in, well, the market was already not very good back then. But they even managed to raise uh, 4.7 million US hmm. in a very uh, crappy market, so to say. Um, and that financing was at a premium without warrants, with institutional investors backing it. So uh, funds can be raised even in, uh, not so favorable markets. And a good example, it, 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 it's a little bit of an old example, but I think it's very telling. Um, it also says something about how, how long I've been in this industry already. Uh, but that was Reservoir Minerals. Uh, you might recall that, Trevor, they had a huge copper-gold discovery in Serbia. Mm-hmm. And that was in 2012, July 2012. So... From then, the markets turned sour, especially 2013. Uh, everyone in this industry knows that was a horrible year. Um, but in March 2014, uh, after the market plummeted like over 80% from the top in 2011, they closed a 33 million uh, offering, including a bought deal part. Um, and if you look at the share price, development since 2012, since they made this discovery, 
uh, it was um, higher lows every time. So it, it, it crept up from below one to eventually seven, eight dollars in 2016. So that's an example of that money can still be raised even in, in markets like this. And, and also, once you made a discovery, uh, that probably was financed by a private placement before, mm -hmm. right? And that private placement most certainly also involved warrants. So a very natural way of uh, follow-up financings are basically just warrants that are being exercised from previous financings. And warrants are, are seen as a bad thing, but you have issued those warrants to shareholders that funded you in the first place, right? right. So it, it's a very natural way of follow-up financing and uh, also without fees. Mm -hmm. And I think besides, besides Plethora Precious Metals, there are more funds out there that uh, see the exponential opportunities of uni junior exploration companies. And just as us, they are there for the discovery potential. They're there for the long term. They have staying power. They have proved they have staying power, and a matching investor base. That's also very important. In this uh, macro environment of rising interest rates, you know, capital being a little bit more expensive than it was even six months ago, are people going to be a little bit more picky in the the financings that they do participate in within the resource and junior exploration sector? Are they going to have to be? And, and how do CEOs of exploration companies take that into account as they kind of continue to move along with the cash they do have in hand uh, presently? Right. Yeah, it was already a stock pickers market, uh, as we discussed before in our previous uh, podcast yeah. interview. But um, it's it's now even more a stock pickers market. So you have you have to have a standout property to attract financing. That's for sure. But it's it's actually not that uh, dire as everyone's saying because i was looking at a SP global uh, mining intelligence report about uh, the number of acquisitions by majors in the exploration sector so not the dollar amount but just the the number of deals that they've done mm -hmm. and there's a clear uptrend actually in in that figure since 2019 um, 2021 actually counted the most deals by majors in the exploration sector. So that's earn-in for equity in an exploration stage project, purchase of equity in an exploration stage project, or simply a purchase of equity in a junior explorer. So this is something that that was quite surprising to me, to be honest. Uh, but it's it's not as dire out there as people say. Same as what uh, Kai Hoffman was saying on your show about the dollar amount being raised so far this year. Mm -hmm. That was actually not that bad. Uh, 1.4 billion, I can recall. Um, and if you annualize that, uh, then that is much better than any 2014-2015 period. In regards to other money kind of coming into the sector, I was I was listening to an interview last night with Jeff Curry, head commodity guy over at Colt, Goldman Sachs, a really fascinating interview. Um, but he was talking about just the complete lack of investment with general commodity projects and, and resource projects here. I mean, he obviously sees a runway into a greater commodity super cycle 
uh, in the long run, because not only will you have China, but you'll also have the United States and other developing or developed countries uh, trying to get their hands on the same commodities and deglobalized economy. It was a very fascinating conversation. But he talked about a lot of the big funds that have previously been into maybe some of like the tech sector uh, are very hesitant to come into the resource sector because they want to see two to three years of sustainability and less volatility before they'll even consider putting some money in there. Is that at all even reasonable here with your experience and what you've seen through all this? Can, could you see a three-year runway in expiration that really is a, you know, nothing but a bull market? Right. Well, it's difficult to say if the generalists are coming. Um, for that, we probably need some more sustainable price responses uh, that should come from the lack of supply in the future, especially in some of these critical metals. Yeah. So that might attract some of these generalists. But if, if we look at margins at the existing miners, um, they are not that bad, right? I mean, the cash flows after all those years of inward-looking, cost-cutting, optimizing, um, they are not that bad. So at some point, they have to move, and that uh, should should result in a re-rating. Yeah. And, and we're seeing it in the numbers already. Yeah. Uh, Peter, what else are you paying attention to here in this uh, turbulent financial time we find ourselves in? What's really on top of your on top of your uh, to do list and paying attention to? Right. Well, this is not something. This is something that might be of interest. Is that I'm looking at the genesis of discoveries because mm-hmm. going back to what I mentioned before, um, that we can learn from discoveries in the past about what the traits are of discoveries and how to find them. Right. So. Right. Uh, very interesting. I was looking, for instance, at uh, the history of the Fruta del Norte discovery of Aurelian resources in Ecuador. You might uh, recall that. It's like probably one of the best discoveries uh, from the last decades. Uh, but I think not, e- not, not everyone knows that it, it was actually not their best target. So it was very close. It came very close, or they would have missed it. Uh, it took it took two years, and it was ranked very low. I think it was the eighth target in their portfolio. And then when they visited another property, they stumbled upon uh, Fruta del Norte again. And then they noticed something that was very interesting in their epithermal model. And that made them decide to drill in 2016 after almost uh, uh, writing it off before uh, from their uh, geochemical sampling and the low gold numbers that they got out of it. And then they drilled below it. And uh, then in the third hole, they hit uh, 237 meters at four grams of gold. And that's when the stock uh, took off. And eventually Mm -hmm. that led to the 1.2 billion acquisition a couple of years later. But... Persistence and science, those two traits uh, that we see a lot in uh, the genesis of, of discoveries. Uh, same as a um, uh, big nickel discovery we were looking into in, um, in northern Finland, Sakati. 
that was discovered by Anglo-American in, uh, in uh, 2009. And that also, like, uh, at some point, after uh, reviewing all the data, uh, they downgraded the target and all work ceased. But eventually, after doing detailed geochem work, uh, a highly significant anomaly popped up and that was drill tested and that led to the discovery. So this, this gives some perspective on the difficulty, but also on uh, how to get to these discoveries. So that's what we want to do in a private equity fund as well. So it's like doing all the groundwork, all the geophysical and geochemical hard work. And that can take a couple of years uh, to mm -hmm. get a property from concept phase to the drill ready stage. And then eventually do the scout drilling, hopefully make the discovery, and then um, uh, work towards the transaction. Sometimes a fresh, fresh eyes, a new uh, approach to exploration on a historic project. Uh, there's numerous examples of that happening. Uh, you know, Dixie Project, Great Bear, that's a great example. Uh, yep. We have a recent conversation with Tim Coughlin with Royal Road talking about an outcrop that they uh, probably should have found a, a while back, but just recently <laughs> got to touch. So, I mean, it's just, it is really fascinating to see how this all it, it is part art, part a lot of part science, a lot of due diligence, and obviously, I think a little luck somewhere in between there as well. So, right. All right. Yeah. And the same as, um, for instance, last time when we spoke. We were uh, looking for a listing of Burring Gold, that was the most advanced company in our uh, stable of uh, companies within plethora private equity, and that's also uh, a property, a play that came together through persistence and science. Because Dave Clark, the the lead geo, saw potential on the Burring Peninsula belt in Newfoundland for epithermal gold. Uh, while that peninsula was overlooked uh, for such uh, gold uh, deposits. And uh, we, we funded it in 2018 and we did all the groundwork and that led to a scout drilling program that was successful. And that led to the IPO in November of last year. And uh, Burin, as a first mover, we have like 160 square kilometers of ground with lots of epithermal showings. But we just started to scratch the surface there and this summer uh, many of the epithermal targets that were defined are going to be drilled and uh, that's something that we are very much looking forward to yeah uh peter let's leave it at that it's a pleasure to connect with you i uh hopefully will see you at one of the few conferences that are coming down the pipeline here, whether they're in Europe or in uh, Canada with PDAC on this way. Uh, look forward to uh, that conversation in the coming weeks. But until then, be safe and travel well. Thanks, Trevor. See you uh, soon. That's some market commentary for everybody. Peter Vermeulen from Plethora Private Equity. And that's it for me today. We'll be back tomorrow morning with the morning briefing. Be well. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.